morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Covenant Network. Here we are on this Wednesday morning, January 26th. I'm Adam Wright, back with you for Roadmap to Heaven. There's a lot we could talk about, uh, about why we were gone, but first let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it is good to be back on the air with you. Uh, we took, <clears throat> pardon me, about a week and a half away from the show there because I got sick. And that's the reality of it is when the host is sick, it's hard to have the show. And uh, But we're back now, you know. We're back. I want to thank everybody who reached out and said, hope you're doing all right. Haven't heard you on the air. Um, all is well. Everybody's well. It wasn't bad. It, it, it wasn't great. It just was, you know, and that's, that's life from time to time. So that's all we need to say about that. That's all we need to say. We're going to move on now because we have a lot to get to in today's show. Today we are going to be talking with Dr. Pat Castle from Life Runners, and uh, it's always great to talk to Dr. Pat Castle. And then in the always great to talk to column, we're going to be talking with Father Jeffrey Kirby today uh, about the purgative way. You know, we talk about what what are our goals for this year, 2022. And I'm a little late to the bandwagon because we had to take some time off from the show. But, you know, it is that time of year that everybody's talking about their goals and what they want to be doing. And, well, friends, I'm here to tell you that 2022, I've got some goals. You're going to hear about that when we talk with Dr. Pat Castle. You're going to hear about that when we talk with Father Kirby. And they're two very different things, uh, you know, two very, very different things. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say any more about that. So go. You, you have to stay tuned. You have to stay tuned. I hope your week is uh, well. We're at the midway point, and I'm looking at my list of priorities and I got a lot to get to this week and a lot to catch up on, but I tell you what, there is one thing that the being away has reminded me reminded me of, and it's something that uh, you know. It's funny how the Lord teaches us sometimes the the virtue of just letting go, of of just letting go, and uh, saying that you know I cannot change these circumstances. One of the kids said to me, you know, why do we have to get sick? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm I'm on the radio and I play music. That's what I know in life. I could write you a song about being sick, but I couldn't tell you why we get sick. And uh, well, I can't we just like do something to stop being sick? And I said I wish, but it doesn't work like that. So sometimes in life things come our way that you know it's not what we would have picked. It's not what we would have chosen. But you know, as uh, guys like Dan Vonderhaar and Gabe Jones have been encouraging me to encouraging me and living a life of detachment even more so. These days, um, I'll tell you what, when you're detached from being in control, you just say, all right, Lord, here's where we're at. Let's get through this. Let, you know, if we can't end it, let's get through it in a holy way. And uh, what, a, what a blessing that was. It's cold outside. I can tell you that. But let's go to Mike Roberts now to hear more about today's weather. 
By January standards, it's going to be colder than normal, but otherwise not so bad. Lots of sunshine, a high of 25 degrees, which is 16 degrees colder than the normal high now. But tonight, increasing clouds. We're going to see some flurries towards sunrise with an overnight low of 18. Thursday, flurries in the morning, clouds most of the day, but warmer with a high of 42 degrees. Then on Friday, variable clouds, a high of 28 degrees. Saturday, partly sunny with a high of 38. Sunday, mostly sunny with a high of around 42. Today is the memorial of Saints Timothy and Titus, who were bishops. Born around the year 17, Timothy received his faith through the conversion of his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice, both of whom are named by St. Paul in his letter to Timothy, which we'll hear from in today's first reading. The same reading goes on to show Paul telling Timothy that he was given a gift by God when Paul laid his hands on him. Paul calls Timothy, who may be a little bit timid, to be bold and tells him to use this gift and turn it into flame and through his love and through self-control to use it to give testimony without feeling ashamed. It is very clear in Titus 1 that Paul is a close friend to Titus as he gives him full control over the church in Crete. Both Timothy and Titus received letters from Paul. Both were bishops and both spent a lot of time on the road preaching the word of God with the help and support of Paul. Timothy helped establish the church in Corinth. Titus did the same thing on the island of Crete. Saints Timothy and Titus, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. It is always a treat to talk to Dr. Pat Castle from Life Runners, and today is no exception. Pat, so good to have you with us on the show today. Yeah, awesome, Adam. How about it? We, we turn the corner on the new year, and this is the time for resolutions, and we're going to resolve to be even more so all in Christ for pro-life. In, indeed. And, Pat, i got to tell you something. You know, last time we had you on the show— you, you talking about life runners, and you said, Adam, the hardest part is signing up, and and so I signed up. And it yeah. was first off, disclaimer: it was easy, friends, easy to <laughs> sign up to be a life runner at liferunners.org. And I said, Well, Pat, I'm not a runner, you know, so can I be a life runner? You said, Adam, it's great. You walk, and then people will have an easier time reading your jersey because you yeah. won't be moving as fast <laughs> as the rest of us. And I'm yep. like, All right, I'm down with that. I can do my part for the team. But I've gone and done something crazy, Doctor Castle. I have uh, signed myself up to run a four k, a five k. I have signed yeah. myself up to run a five k on April second of this year, and that is my intention. It is not to walk a five k, but to run a five k. And I want to do this in honor of our priests. I want to do this as a life runner for the unborn. Um, but most importantly, I don't want to collapse and pass out and have to be carted <laughs> off the course. In the midst of all this, say, well, there's a guy running for the unborn and the priest. He can't even run five feet, let alone 5K. So, Pat, I, I signed up for a 5K. What do I do next? You're progressing. So, of course, that first step is you you registered to be a life runner. You ordered a shirt, our jersey that says, remember the unborn. You started wearing it. You sent me pictures. We've we've corresponded. You're you know wearing it to the, to the studio, wearing it out in public as a witness. There's step one. But then you made the second step which is, you know, half the life runners, there's 18,000 life runners in 
over 2,200 cities around the world. And half the life runners never run. They take that first step. It's a bold witness. They're willing to wear their witness, go out in public. But half of the life runners, and the other half, they do run. And, and so when, when you talk to those running life runners, it's interesting. You know, people might get this notion like, oh, yeah, they just they love to run. Half the life runners love to run. Uh-uh. The majority of those running life runners are like you, Adam, where when you visit with them, they're willing to run for such a cause. Or it draws them into, as we've talked about, that not only do we want to exercise our faith, but we want to tend to our temple. So that is all dimensional. We want to exercise in our physical fitness, which affects our spiritual fitness. All those dynamics of our body, of our created body, they relate to each other. And so you see life runners go, oh, I'm, 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 willing, I'm willing to do this for the unborn, like you, making that commitment, and they sign up for a race. And now we're at this point in the conversation, uh-oh, I've made a commitment to run a 5K for the unborn and to offer it up for vocations for the priesthood. Now what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, let's let's talk about this for a second because I'm going to turn 39 years old next month, uh-huh. and I, you know, I shudder to admit that. Not because I feel old, but because then other people are like, "Don't tell me that you're that young." Um, and you know, and and for the past 10 years, really the past 12 years that I've been married, 12 and a half, uh, it, there's been a slow but steady progression of my wife saying, "You know, you really are uh, putting on a little bit of a belly weight there. You, you you need to be doing something, Adam." And every year, I'm like, "All right, I'm going to do something." And and like most people. You know, I've joined the gym and quit within three months. Or, you know, I, I started mm-hmm. on my exercise bike and I was off and yeah. on. And I was, but I was doing it for me. It was just like 100%. Got, I'm going right. to do this for me. And now there's a whole new dimension of I'm not just got doing it. this for me. And what's the power in that? Why is that important? Yeah. The, yeah. Well, we're, so let's think about the jersey that you're going to be training in. You have a cross on your chest, the Holy Spirit dove on your chest. So you're, you're, you're doing it for, for our Lord and Savior. You're wearing your witness. Christ said, pick up your cross and follow me, and you're, you're, you're doing it in a four-ounce T-shirt cross. You're wearing, you're carrying it. So there's, you're, you're doing it for, for God, but you're also doing it for neighbor, for to love God and neighbor before ourselves. That's the, the great conversion of us as Christians, as disciples of Christ. And of course, the root of discipleship is discipline, and it takes discipline to do this, what we're talking about, to, to train for a 5K, to get back to tending the temple and, and being fit to fight. But on the back of the jersey, it says, remember the unborn. And we know Matthew twenty five forty, Christ said, what you do for the least of my brothers and sisters, you do for me, you do for our Lord. So we're doing it for God, that cross in the front, we're doing it for other, which of course also honors God. And now it's it's something that draws us, as you're describing. When we're just doing it for ourselves, boy, it sure is a lot easier to talk ourselves out of it versus when we've made a commitment. You signed up for the 5K. You're telling thousands of people right now that are listening to our conversation, Adam signed up for the 5K. You've made a commitment. And now we're going to be consistent with that commitment. We're going to be responsible for that commitment that we know it's for a higher purpose, that literally lives are going to be saved because you signed up to train for a 5K in your Remember the Unborn shirt. And people are going to see that. 
And we know that 78% of post-abortion mothers have shared that if they would have seen one encouraging sign to choose life or had one person encourage them to choose life, you're both. You're a person, an encouraging person, wearing an encouraging message, remember the unborn, 78% of post-abortion mothers said that's all they would have needed to have not gone into an abortion facility. So this is life-saving, it's God-honoring, it's reaching out to neighbor. My goodness, this is living out our faith in the new year. Amen. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. Last night I was doing some training on my bike because it was frigid. Uh, right, but, but you know, disclaimer: like anything below fifty for me is, is frigid. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I layer right. up. I'm, I'm like an onion. I got layers for for every season here. But so I'm on the bike and I'm I'm pushing through it, and it's not bad, but it's getting to that point that you know, it, it's beyond. Oh, this is enjoyable. Um, it's somewhere in that that flux zone. Uh-huh. And I was thinking about a good friend of mine who's a priest, you know. And mm-hmm. recently we had a conversation. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm just really tired. I, I was on call last night. I got called to the hospital at you know middle of the night, two thirty in the morning, for mm-hmm. all I know. And so by the time I got back, I had to get up and offer morning mass, and I was just tired. I mean, and not complaining. He's like, it's just the reality of things. So I'll get a nap later today. That's that's what it'll be, and that's what I'll have to do. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, this guy. He has been called to the priesthood. He answered the call. Mm-hmm. He went to seminary. He discerned for years whether or not this was his calling. And then, he, you know, he laid prostrate before the altar saying yes yeah. to that call, was ordained, has this indelible mark on his soul, and he's getting up Discipline. at 2.30 in the morning to go to the right. hospital to, to live out his vocation and bring the yeah. sacraments to those in need. And then, you know, where I would say, oh, I was up at 2.30 in the morning, uh, I'll just sleep in. He's like, nope, I'm getting up to offer morning mass. because And, and with such joy, mm. because he loves his vocation. Adam, get your feet back on the Sacrifice. pedals and, and push through. So it really is, you know, remember the unborn, remember our priests, remember God's mm-hmm. call. It helps give us that focus. Pat, I want to talk more with you about how to train, but we need to yep. take a, a break here. Let's let everyone take catch their breath for a moment. Yeah, we've given them a lot. So, friends, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. When we come back, we'll be talking with Dr. Pat Castle from Life Runners about how we can train uh, once mm-hmm. we commit. Here's the re- the other reality we haven't addressed. You know, off and on the bike last year, trying to get some aerobic activity going. But if you said, Adam, I want you to run around the Covenant Network building, and it's not a very big building, but I want you to run around it as fast as you can five times. Yeah. I think I'm going to give you about one and a half, and then I'm going to say, well, Pat, I'm going to walk the rest. Is that okay? (laughs) Uh, And that's not the goal. The goal is for me to run this 5K on April 2nd. Yeah. So for our listeners who are saying, you know what, I'm on board, and I need to get in better health, and and running is something maybe I I might like it, I might not, but I want to try it. Where do you begin if if you're not a runner and you want to start? Sure. And, you know, this is... Let's keep this lined up as we have this conversation to our spiritual life. So someone, there's people out there in the new year they're going, they're saying, wow, I have been away from Mass. You know, whether it's COVID got them away and they just never made their way back or whatever the reason, or there's, or there's a family member that's been away. When you think about it, this, this analogy to our physical health, we can relate to our spiritual health. So, so we make a commitment. What's that first commitment? I'm going to go to Mass. Well, what's it? I'm going to register for a 5K. Well, what's the next thing? We got to start doing something. It's consistency. We need to go to mass every week. 
because it sustains us, and we receive the body of Christ. We hear the Word of God, and, you know, a week goes by like, oh, it's the same thing with our physical fitness, so we're going to need to be consistent. So people are listening right now. Step one, register for that 5K. Register for some race. You know, maybe you want to share in the St. Louis Go that's April 2nd and 3rd with Adam, but pick something, register for it. You made that commitment. And then go to liferunners.org slash tools. And on there, or slash training, you're going to see some training materials where you can have couch to 5K and, and some different tips on how to train. And I'll just give you a couple anecdotal things just off the top of my you know, head from, from training. I trained the Air Force Academy's marathon team in the early 2000s. You know, I've been, I've been training for marathons since 1990. But just when you boil it down, consistency is king. It's being consistent. Something is better than nothing. So what does that look like? Let's say you're like, you've made this commitment for the 5K, and, and relate that to prayer. I mean, my goodness, if you don't have time for a whole rosary, say a decade. You know, I mean, if you don't have time for a decade, say a Hail Mary. Something's better than nothing. So these analogies, Adam, they hold to our spiritual life. So someone might be going through their training program and going, oh, wow, I don't know if I've got time to do two miles today that's on my schedule. Well, don't talk yourself out of doing anything at all. So just say, okay, what can I do? Do something. Furthermore, there's the two-day rule. If you go like, oh, I didn't make it out. I feel so bad. I you know, I, I was doing this novena. I missed this day in the novena. I guess I'm done. Uh-uh. You miss a day, brush yourself off, get back out there, especially the two-day rule. You don't ever want two days, so more than two days to go. So if you missed a day, let's say you missed another day. Do not miss a third day. There is something mental, physical, spiritual to get you out of the habit and the routine, the heart and habit of that ethic. So there's some tips. So now you're, you have a, you've signed up for the 5K, Adam. You have a schedule you told me you have. You're going to work on being consistent and following it. Here's the next tip. Tell people, like you're telling thousands of people right now, for listeners that register for the 5K or and print off that schedule, they want to tell people so that you have that accountability. And that's the, that's the community of faith the body of Christ. Heaven's a team effort, for goodness sakes, and we need to encourage each other. And so this is how we increase our fitness with our spiritual life. This is how we do it with our physical life. And we want to say fit to fight. We want to tend that temple. Why? Because it matters. It matters how we feel. It matters how we act. It matters how we believe. And that is attractive to others when they see us moving forward in fitness. Amen? Amen. All right, now, now, now one last question for you on this, because I'm looking at yeah. this page. I'm on liferunners.org slash training, and, and it says stretch, you know, and it gives the instructions yeah. on how to stretch. And and I'm, wow, you want to talk about the parallels between this and the <laughs> spiritual life. Like, don't be content to stay where you are. You, you're going to stretch your body, stretch your soul, and endeavor to do more. Yeah, I like it. See more. all these analogies. And that was a prophetic word I got. I went to the Encounter School of Ministry conference in Grand Rapids, Michigan, a couple weeks ago. And uh, this priest, Father Boniface, he, he wrote a book on personal prayer. I'm reading it right now. It's fantastic. And I got in line to meet him, and he said, Pat, I've, I've got a word for you. And I'm like, yeah, and he said, stretch your heart. And so there's just 
and a knowledge of all these physical fitness things and spiritual fitness. So what about the practical on the stretching? Um, when I was in gym class in grade school, I remember we would stretch then run. And I later learned that that's not the right answer. You need to walk and then slow jog, warm up, and then stretch. So that's why typically stretching, believe it or not, is at the end of your workout. You, you go for a two-minute walk, two-minute slow jogging as you're getting into your program, Adam, and then you're prayerfully, you're, you're including prayer in your physical and your running because it's going to be sacrificial. You're praying a rosary during it, etc. cetera. There's um, the, the rosary workout by Peggy um, Bowles is a, is a great uh, book to, for folks to look into where she integrates the rosary with physical fitness, and she's a life runner. But then you're doing this, but to the answer in the question, yes, stretching is important, but you want to do it after your tendons and muscles are warm. Think about a rubber band. Think how cold it is this time of year. If you had a rubber band out there that was freezing cold and you pulled it hard, it would snap. But when that rubber band is warm, it's stretchy. So there's some practical tips that certainly relate to the stretching of our physical life to our spiritual life as we commit ourselves, as we sacrifice, as we unite this physical sacrifice to spiritual sacrifices, like praying while we're doing this and offering up our discomfort of the physical exercise for our prayer intention. Ooh, now we're starting to multiply loaves and fishes in that basket with our efforts. Well, you know, you want to talk about you want to talk about offering up suffering. It's something we talk about quite a bit on the show. And again, you know, um, as a life runner, certainly I'm remembering the unborn in my training. I wear that jersey proudly every Wednesday. It's, it's not just first Wednesdays for me, Pat. It's my Wednesday yeah. shirt. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, that's it. But again, I want to offer this run and all of my training and Thanksgiving and gratitude for all of the men who have so generously responded to that call to the priesthood. Yeah. And, you know, I'd like to think that every every priest, uh, when he dies, goes straight to heaven. But, you know, uh, there, there may be some priests in purgatory that are on their road to heaven, and they need someone to offer some suffering for them. So if I can do that during my run, then praise, praise God. What a great opportunity it is. All right. Now, friends, we've been talking with Dr. Pat Castle from Life Runners. First and foremost, if you want more information on Life Runners, if you want to become a Life Runner, and, yeah. and again, you know, half the runners run, half the runners don't. It's, don't. it's about the witness. <laughs> Just go to liferunners.org. And, you know, I, I love the, the, uh, the, the verse you use. Jeremiah 1, 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, yeah. I dedicated you a prophet to the nations I appointed you. Yeah. God, God has a calling for each and every one of us, Pat. Uh, that, that is the truth. Amen. He's called us to something, so let's say yes to it. So go check out Life Runners, friends. If you want to learn more about our rosary intention for the priests, I, I got a goal. You know, Some people are telling me it's too lofty. Mm. Adam, you set your sights too high. 5,000 rosaries on April 2nd for our priests and Thanksgiving let's for them. Let's do it. So uh, help us spread the word. Tell everybody. I'm going to have more information for you on how you can actually like put your name down. And, again, it's all about commitment, how you can commit to that. I'm not going to sell you anything. I'm not going to market you anything. I'm just asking mm. you for you to commit to prayer rosary. Mark it on your calendar right now. Just do it. Um, mm. Get your phone out. Get your computer out. Get your paper calendar out. April 2nd, prayer rosary four priests that's a great way to do it. But, Pat, I'm so fired up right now. I think we got to end with the <laughs> – we have to end with the cheer. We have to. We do. Let, let's do it. And in the spirit of priest, priest, prophet, and king, 
boy, our conversation pulled all that together. Um, this is, uh, it's an epiphany. It's post-epiphany, but what an epiphany we had. And I hope everyone just drafts off the Holy Spirit. There is a power of movement of tending the temple and staying fit to fight and exercising our faith. Uh, so here we go. The Life Runners Cheer is all in Christ for pro-life. And I'm going to give an all in Christ. And then, Adam, if you can lead everyone out there listening in a for pro-life. All right. Wherever you're at, your car, wherever you're at, wherever you're listening, do it out loud. Let people like turn their head and go like, huh? Listen, We're you're, do it three times. you're stuck in go. traffic. Have the person in the car next to you like, what's, what's that guy doing? What's you that guy doing? It. Do it with all your heart here, friends. So here we go. All in Christ. For pro-life. All in Christ. For pro-life. All in Christ. For pro-life. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Pat, I, I can't thank you enough for being with us today. Again, liferunners.org, friends, check it out. And then uh, stay tuned because we've got more Roadmap to Heaven to come today, and uh, we're, we're not finished yet. Prayer of Abandonment Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve, and with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven, and I'm always excited to say that we're talking with Father Jeffrey Kirby on the phone today from Our Lady of Grace Catholic Church out in South Carolina. Father, good to have you with us today. Good to be on the show, Adam. Thank you. Well, you know, it's always great to have you, and as I was thinking about today's topic, we're going to talk about the purgative way of the spiritual life. How do we get fired up for this new year? Well, let's get ready for some purgative living. I think back to a parish I worked at where the the founding pastor, Father Reese, once said this in a bulletin, and I would love to see this in a bulletin now, but I don't know that I would. He said, are you such a twaddling, spineless tenderfoot that you cannot do a little fasting? And I thought, wow, those are great words, and i got to share those with Father Kirby. (laughs) As you were saying that, I'm I'm like, ooh, I'm kind of like, well, quake. My own heart quaking. I'm like, uh-oh, I better step it up. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and it, it sets up the question for us today. Are we really living in a way that we're afraid to do a little fasting or a little suffering as we walk this journey of the spiritual life together? Uh, this is a topic that's near and dear to your heart, and, you know, most of us, we think of the new year. Oh, I'm going to go to the gym, and, and, and I'm going to exercise and do this and that and the other thing, or this is the year that I'm really going to take a chance on something new, maybe a new career or a new path in life, and all of these things. And very few of us say, this is the year that I'm going to do some suffering for the good of the Church. So, Father, where do we begin with the purgative way? Yeah, so first I think that, you know, as you're describing, it's so easy to get stuck in the things of this world. So, they are worried about, you know, we're going to diet, or I'm going to go to the gym, and so on. And, and then somebody say, well, even just shifting that, say, well, let me focus on my soul and the spiritual life. But even when we do that sometimes, what happens is, uh, as you're describing, Adam, uh, we, we kind of 
think that it's supposed to be, you know, easy or there's supposed to be this, this great comfort. Or, there's supposed to be some type of quid pro quo. It's like, look, if I make the time for God, then he's supposed to come through and make sure that I feel good. And that's just not in the Scriptures. That's never a promise the Lord gave to us, you know, that he would make us euphoric and that we would somehow always have these consolations. In fact, quite the opposite. In fact, if we look at the Gospels, you know, the Lord says, like, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself and take up your cross. And we can forget the historical context of that, that the cross was an instrument of torture by an occupying Gentile military. So people who first heard that were probably thinking, this guy is crazy, right? Like, who would take up their cross, right? So I think we have to retrieve some of that historical context in order to understand that the Lord's telling us, listen, this is not an easy way of life. Exactly. And I look back at just a a week or two ago, we're celebrating the Nativity, and, you know, the the celebrations are continuing. We we celebrate in our house all the way up through February 2nd, because I love our Christmas tree, I love our Christmas lights, and that's one of the beauties of being a fake tree family. We still have our tree up, and it's staying up until February 2nd, and I absolutely love it. But we, we want the joy of Christmas. We also want the joy of Easter Sunday, but we don't want the passion of Good Friday in our lives. And, and the whole purpose for the Incarnation was so that Good Friday could happen, followed by the joy of Easter Sunday. It's not just something to make us feel good about ourselves. It's necessary. It is. And I stress oftentimes in preaching and teaching that the Lord loves us. He told us the truth. He didn't say, come after me and you'll be able to sit on your lazy boy and have a comfortable life. <laughs> you know, you know the, the Lord was very clear that this is the way of love, this is the way to salvation, this is not an easy way of life, an easy path. It's a fallen world. You will have to deny yourself. You will have to wrestle with grace, allow grace to triumph over your pride, and, and the list goes on. And so here's what oftentimes happens. is People say, I'm going to work on my spiritual life. They start praying or trying to meditate or perhaps read the Scriptures taking some initial steps. And then what happens in the spiritual life is there's oftentimes great consolation at first. Wow, this is great. This makes sense. I feel better and so on. You know, and we pray and and the Lord can let us see some results of our prayer. Like, oh my goodness, this works, right? And that's what the spiritual masters call a time of consolation. And it's important. It's, It's like giving candy to children. It's so that, you know, they stick around. It's like, you know, the Lord, we are told, is is almost in a sense uh, rewarding or giving a gift to the soul that's desiring him. And and the soul is so weak or so inclined to uh, backsliding that God kind of really blesses that soul with these great gifts, right, these great consolations. So it's wonderful. You imagine it's like a big party, and everyone's there. There's a big cake. Our faces on the cake. There's noisemakers. There's music. It's awesome. Everything's about us. It's great. And then it's time to mature into spiritual life. And then it's as if suddenly, in the middle of that party, everything goes dark, the music stops, everyone disappears, there's no cake. And suddenly we feel as if we're all by ourselves, all alone. In the spiritual life, that's what happens to the soul after the time of consolation. We enter this time that's called the purgative way. And literally, it's purgative, purifying. The Lord is taking everything away from us in order to teach us to die to this self-love, to our pride, and instead to love God for himself. Not for the consolations, not for the euphoria, not even for the temporal blessings, simply for himself. It's like peeling the onion, and grace gets in there, 
and it's purgative. It's difficult. Well, this is where St. Teresa of Avila, I believe, has some some good words for us that you shared with me actually a few months back, that, that she would say, we worship the God of consolations, not the consolations of God. And I think that in our American culture, that's certainly something that we get reversed all of the time. We see the consolations and we say, oh, I want that. I want that. And we become so fixated on them that we forget that the consolations are there to help keep us going, but they aren't the actual way. And and a great saint comes to mind, St. Teresa of Calcutta, who we all thought, you know, I, I remember thinking while she was alive, wow, what a holy, holy woman. Surely she has a very strong faith. And, and we saw after she died that the strength of her faith was that she kept going amid prolonged periods of desolation where she felt alone and abandoned by God in, in her journal writings that were made public that we, we came to learn that she struggled with this, and yet she kept doing what she believed he called her to do, despite being in such a, a period of desolation. And isn't that love, Adam? Like when things aren't the way we want, when things seem like a mess, when we're not sure if there's going to be any reward or even some type of result, and yet we still do it because we love. We love the person, we love you know, the mission that we're involved in, uh, that's love. It's, it's when there when there's nothing else, and it's simply I'm doing this because I really love this person or I love this mission, and that ultimately is, is what the purgative way is seeking to do is is to purge us of all these other things: the desire for results, the bottom line, the quid pro quo, the consolations, the euphoria, to die to it all, and to simply be alone with God, and to say, "You're all I ever wanted, and you're enough, and Lord, I love you." Help me to love you more. That is what the purgative way is seeking to do in the life of the soul. Here's what happens, Adam, oftentimes. People go through the consolation. They hit the purgative way. A lot of Christians don't know. We can do a better job in terms of teaching our spiritual life. That's why I'm loving the show today. And Christians can understand, when you get into the purgative way, you know, they can think, am I doing something wrong? Is God punishing me? What happens? They say, no, no. Now you're entering into the next level. So the grace is a consolation are replaced by the graces of obedience. And obedience means to listen, to hear, to uh, comply. And so suddenly we have all this grace, but we feel all alone. We, we don't know what to do. Spiritually, we can feel distracted. Praying becomes a, an immense pain. We don't feel the presence of God. We don't see the results of our prayer. We feel like we've just messed everything up, and yet we continue to say, I will do this, I will pray, I will draw closer to God. That purging of the soul... I tell people, don't give up during the purgative way. Like, that is the soul training. <laughs> that, In, that's the heart, you know? So, like, the Holy Spirit is closer to you in the purgative way than he is to you in the time of consolation. You know, in this past year of St. Joseph that we wrapped up on December 8th, one thing that, that came to my mind over and over and over again was St. Joseph was willing to take the trek on foot and, and maybe with a donkey or a camel to Egypt to keep Christ alive. And what am I willing to do to keep Christ alive in my family? St. Joseph was willing to do that for the Holy Family and, and for all of us. What am I willing to do? I think of that, you know, it's probably not a movie I would recommend to all of our, our listeners to go watch with their families because it's not a family-friendly movie. But The Untouchables, when Sean Connery asks Kevin Costner, what are you prepared to do? What are you ready to do? And that's really the question for us. And it's one that I hope to talk about with Father Kirby, but we do want to take a, a break here. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We'll be back in just a few moments. 
We are back. We're talking about the purgative way of the spiritual life. We're not talking about purgatory after we die. That that could be a whole other discussion here, but that there's some purgative living we have to do on this earth as part of our spiritual life. Father Jeffrey Kirby is with us by phone today. So, Father, let's talk about this. Uh, we, we've talked about what is the purgative way, but, you know, for you and I and for our listeners, what does that mean? What are the things we should be looking for in our daily life, either as invitations to live this or as practical things, do X, Y, and Z? Yes, I'd say that one of the first things we can start with in terms of, of you know, in, in the purgative way, uh, what we can do in order to persevere or, or to understand what, what's happening in terms of our soul is to hold on to the powerful virtue of hope, to realize that, that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not a train, right? You know, that, that there's hope. And, and, and the whole point of the purgative way is as the Lord purifies our soul that first time through the purgative way, then he wants to grant an illumination. Now, illumination is powerful. It's the illuminative way. It's a powerful, just a uh, uh, um, outpouring of a grace onto the soul. Uh, you know, things that we could have thought we knew in the past, but but learn in a completely different way that, that we just never could fully realize or understand in, in, in the way that, that we are given uh, a particular truth in the illuminative way. So so the purgative way has a purpose, so we're, we're pointed to the illumination. After the illumination, we're brought back to the purgative way, and there's another purification. So I think, first, you know, make the act of hope, uh, pray for for the, the virtues of, of virtue of hope in, in, in your own soul, and 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 to hold on to that hope. Like this suffering, this purgation has a point. The Lord's just not bringing this into my life to make things hard. Like He wants to strip the self love from me. He He wants to give me hope. That that's one thing. Secondly, I just want to emphasize to the soul in the purgative way: do not give up. Do not stop. With that, it might mean that maybe you adjust. So maybe during the time of consolation, you took on big resolutions, right? I'm going to do a holy hour every day as a relatively new uh, person in the spiritual life. And, and in times of consolation, that was great, right? But maybe you hit the purgative way, you're like, this is really, really hard. The, the tendency is just to stop. My counsel is don't, don't stop. Maybe the holy hour becomes 10 minutes a day. So adjust, make it applicable, achievable, Something that that applies and that you can, you know, um, realistically do. So it's okay to adjust in the purgative way, but just don't stop, right? And then thirdly, I would just say, if it really becomes difficult, seek a prayer partner. You know, married couples can pretend God literally given you a prayer partner. But you know, if, if that works great, maybe the spouse is in closer, uh, you know, as close to the Lord, maybe at a different point in the spiritual life. So. In, in one way or another, find a prayer partner and, and share with that person. Say, I'm really going through the purgative way, and it, and it really, you know, hurts like hell, <laughs> which yeah. is the point, right? You know, I mean, hell's what's being burned out of us, right? And say, can you pray with me? Can you keep me accountable? So those are some ideas that come to the top of my mind. You know, I think of uh, a lot of people love that footprints poem, you know, and, and it's a very cliche thing. And, and some, one of my friends said this one's like, what, what's that part in the path over there, Lord, where I don't see anything except you like, one set of footprints and then two lines. And he's like, well, that's where I had to drag you kicking and screaming along the way. If that's what it takes, that's what it takes. And, you know, we, we talk about this often on our Friday roundup that I am so grateful for my band of brothers that really, you know, we join arms sometimes. And when one of us says, I can't do it, the other say, oh, yes, you can. And we're here to help you get through this time. Not that it makes it any easier, 
but we're not alone. And, and Father, that's one thing we have to be on guard, because I've heard it said many times that what are the two great lies of the devil is that first he tries to trick us into sin by saying it's not sinful, it's okay. And then once we've committed the sin, it's look what you've done. And by the way, you're the only one that terrible in the world that's done that. Mm -hmm. And now you are all alone. And we cannot forget that even in times of purgative living, in times of suffering, redemptive suffering especially, you know, whether we might not have a, a brother or a sister or a spouse or a friend or a parent with us, we are certainly not alone because our God is with us, our guardian angel is with us, and, and supernaturally, we've got all the saints pulling for us in heaven as well. Amen. Amen. And and and, and I, I, like yourself, Adam, I say call on all, <laughs> you know, like call on all the help that, that's given, you know, the, the heavenly court, uh, our guardian angel, our patron saint, saints we're close to, like, you know, our fellow believers, those who are more advanced in discipleship or the spiritual life to seek their mentoring. Like, I've heard once they said every Christian should have a St. Timothy and a St. Paul, meaning someone who is mentoring them and someone that they are mentoring. And, and I think, you know, this is why the Lord calls us into a church, so that we have the help of one another. And the purgative way can hurt, especially to the neophyte, the, 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 the newbie, to the spiritual life as they're trying to understand this and, and to try to see how God works in the midst of darkness or suffering. And older Christians, more mature Christians, can help them, can encourage them, especially with that powerful virtue of hope. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, Father, we are out of time this morning. Could I ask you to close our time together with a prayer of hope? Absolutely. Let, let us pray. Lord God, we come to you. We place all our desires, all of our aspirations, everything will be placed into your hands, and we ask you just to fill us with hope. We hope in you, Lord. We trust in you. May you let us see your providence. May you show us your glory. Grant these and all good things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, Father Kirby, thank you so much for being with us today. Friends, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We will be back in just a bit. By January standards, it's going to be colder than normal, but otherwise not so bad. Lots of sunshine, a high of 25 degrees, which is 16 degrees colder than the normal high now. But tonight, increasing clouds. We're going to see some flurries towards sunrise with an overnight low of 18. Thursday, flurries in the morning, clouds most of the day, but warmer with a high of 42 degrees. Then on Friday, variable clouds, a high of 28 degrees. Saturday. Partly sunny with a high of 38. Sunday, mostly sunny with a high of around 42. Well, happy Wednesday, Covenant Network. We are here learning about favorite prayers with Patty Schneier as part of our daily dose of encouragement. Patty, what do you have for us today? Well, one of my favorite prayers is from St. Ignatius of Loyola, and it's called the Sushi Pay. Sushi Pay means receive, take and receive. You're giving uh, God everything in this prayer. And here are the words to the prayer. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will. All I have and call my own, you have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. And it's the last line that I love. Give me only your love and your grace. That's enough for me. There's a song that I sing. It's called Take, Lord, Receive. And um, that's a beautiful song. It's this prayer just put to music. Take, Lord, Receive, all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, my entire will. And then the, pray and then the prayer goes, give me only your love and your grace. 
That's enough for me. Your love and your grace are enough for me. That I say over and over again all the time because so often we want just one more thing, right? We want one more prayer to be answered. We want one more thing for God to do for us. Heal this person. Make this work out. Let this be the job that I get. Let this happen for my son, for my daughter. Do this, Lord, please. Just this one more thing. No. Give me only your love and your grace. That's enough for me. Your love and your grace. I give you everything else, Lord. It's a tough prayer to pray when we want so many things. But really, all we need is God's love with us in our heart. And we need his grace to be able to take the next step and maybe to just get through the next moment. And God will do that for us. So we got to give him everything else. I love this prayer. Memorize it. It's from St. Ignatius of Loyola. And he's a master of prayer. So I hope this prayer encourages you today. It has certainly encouraged me. Patty, thank you for being with us today. We are back. You're, well, we've been back. You know, I, I, I don't know why I say that after we talk with Patty, but we're here. We're here. Let's just say that. We are here this morning. All right, a couple of things from today's show that we, we need to we need to go a little bit deeper into explaining here. And really, only one thing: the the rosary for priests. I, I was talking about it with Pat Castle. I am so out of the swing of things from being off the air for a week and a, a few days that I completely forgot to talk about this at the top of the show because I was so excited to get to everything we were going to talk about on the show. So, as you heard me mention with uh, Pat, I, I'm, I'm running a 5K on April 2nd. Now, I am not the kind of person that you say, oh, go do this for yourself. I'll, be, I'll find any excuse not to do it. You know, as I've been on the, the stationary bike, off the stationary bike, I can find every excuse to get on and get off. I need public accountability. That's something we talk a lot about here on the show. And so I'm coming to you for some public accountability. But there's more. But wait, there's more, right? You know, I'm not selling you anything. Don't worry. Um I need focus, and, and I need an intention. And I spent quite a few days um, over the over the holiday break in the end of December, beginning of January, thinking about what that intention could be. In fact, this is something that, that's been cooking for a while here. And as you heard me mention, running in Thanksgiving for our priests. Now, let's be honest about this. Adam Wright running a 5K, especially if you are a runner, this is like whoop-de-doo. What's the big deal? I'm not a runner. This is going to be a challenge for me, and uh, I need to I need to focus it in prayer. But then I thought, you know what? You know what, friends? We need to do something. We need to do something. So I'm going to run 5,000 meters, and I've got this lofty goal. While I'm running 5,000 meters, I'd like to get 5,000 people praying the rosary for our priests. Here's the best part. You don't have to go anywhere specific. You don't have to meet up with anybody. You just have to have a rosary, and you have to pray it on April 2nd for our priests and thanksgiving for them. Think of your parish priest and how grateful you are that they said yes to their vocation. How grateful you are for all the sacrifices they make to bring you the sacraments to help you in your spiritual life. Can you offer a rosary for your priest on April 2nd? Now, if, if you're like me, though, you need the public accountability, you need to commit. So we have an avenue for that for you. And like I said, we're not going to sell you anything. If you go right now, if you go right now to OurCatholicRadio.org, 
OURCatholicRadio.org slash events. Or just go to OurCatholicRadio.org and click on the events button. We've got a page up. You can sign up. Um, it kind of looks like you're buying a ticket. You don't even have to buy anything. You're not buying anything. You're just, you're just signing up. We're asking you to give us your name and your email address if you're going to do this. Um, all we're going to send you, all we're going to send you is remind, you know, we'll send you some inspiration for praying the rosary and we'll send you some reminders about the date, you know, so that you don't forget April 2nd's coming up. Oh, yesterday was April 2nd. I was supposed to pray a rosary yesterday. We're not going to let that happen. We're going to be in this together um, and, and we're going to get these out to you. We're not going to bombard you with email, but we, we do want you to commit. You know, we want you to put your name down. Uh, so can can you do that? Can you do that for us? It's real easy. It's it's free. It's a one-time thing. OurCatholicRadio.org slash events. Sign up to pray a rosary and thanksgiving for our priests on April 2nd. And, and, and when I say our priests, I mean the priests of the Holy Catholic Church. You're not just of this parish or this diocese. So... That's it. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, pray for us. And St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. I'll be back with you on Friday morning. We'll be back in the swing with the Roadmap Roundup. And then next week, Monday, I'm really excited about this. We're going to be talking about uh, a feast with many names, presentation of the Lord, purification of Mary, Candlemas. It goes by all three. What's that all about? It's next week here on Roadmap to Heaven. Until then, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today.